I have still not turned into a lizard. What animal are you trying to be? A lizard. I thought you were the giant squid. Well, I am the giant squid, but I thought that I was going to turn into a lizard from this COVID vaccine. No. Did you get the Moderna or the... Moderna. You got the Moderna? Is Moderna not the lizard one? Yeah, I get to be the lizard. I'm a, I'm a Pfizer bitch. What animal do I get to turn into? I don't know. A lynx. <laughs> you pulled that one all the way out of your ass. You get to be another cat. <laughs> oh, good. So, I'll feel right at home. Yeah, look, look at how cute yeah, my Yeah, he's like sleeping like a little baby. Oh, he's so cute. I can't Berkeley see. is like, bitches, why are we all not sleeping? Yeah, like, the, the fuck I, is going I'm on? I'm buzz me and I'm like, I can't wait to do that. We are very tired. Yes. Today we're talking about chapter 34. Yeah, priori incantatum or tatum or whatever. I don't know. I didn't go to school for Latin. I took... A year of Latin. Wow. And how has that been for you? <laughs> I don't remember shit. I just remember the book that we used. It was like this very boring progressive story about this family and the children's names were Cornelius. No. Cornelia was the daughter. I don't know. One of them was named Cornelius or Cornelia. And I just remember that one of them would annoy the other. And the word for annoy in Latin was wexat. Except for I'm pronouncing it terribly. So like we'd read sentences be like... The brother annoyed the sister. Like, that's the kind of shit that we did in that class. This is really good content. I was just saying, like, that is why Latin is great. Because boring shit like that. So when you say the word Cornelia, who do you first think of? Well, I mean, obviously we think of Fudge Packer. See, the first thing I thought of was Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. So what happened in the last episode? The last episode was a grandiose soliloquy by our resident villain of the series, Voldemort. It was like the whole fucking thing was just Voldemort talking. But he's not getting a win because Because he idiot. looks like a slippery penis. Because he's a fucking idiot. He actually loses the chapter. Okay. The winner of the chapter. I can't believe I'm doing it's this. Skinny dick. The winner of the chapter. I'm doing it. Is Snape. Oh my god. Fucking God. Can I get some, like, triumphant music up in here? <laughs> I thought it was going to be Skinny Dick because you were like, he got a new hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's the thing. Here's Okay, so the last chapter I did explain um, when I did my winner loser for the chapter previously. I gave Voldemort the win because it was a fucking win chapter for him because now... He, he a got body. a body. Okay? That's very exciting. I don't give a shit if Skinny Dick gets a new hand. Like, he's a piece of shit. And he didn't do anything to do that. Voldemort gave him the hand. And he was a, a gift. Yes. And he mostly did it so Skinny Dick would stop fucking crying. Because he has a monologue <laughs> to give. He was like, you're annoying. And you're, <laughs> He's you're like, I have, my shining moment. <laughs> I have to explain everything right now. So uh, just take this and shut the fuck up. Yeah. But, uh, but he doesn't win. So he here, now you can like stroke it off while I'm sitting here, you know, but yeah, telling my life story. Giving it to Snape. Because he didn't show up. Yeah. And yes, it's like a preemptive win, I guess. Because He's like, I have more important yet. things to do. But Like give it Igor Karkar off this hand job. I can't just leave in the middle of it. Because Igor is like, I Because Igor going to be murdered real fucking soon because he's the worst. That's lovely. I mean, he doesn't die yet, but he's going to die. So yeah, there it is. Snape's first win. Oh my gosh. I'm very impressed. And you're shocked that it's here, aren't you? Well, no. I guess I'm shocked in period. You have a thing to read. Oh, I do. Adam wrote me a thing. I'm gonna read I it. I sure did. Okay. It's here. a little long, but what else is new? Let me take a drink of water. It's Let your whistle before reading. <laughs> Voldemort got his soliloquy. Now it's my turn, bitch. Mm-hmm. 
It's go time. Time to duel Voldemort again for the first time. IDK timelines are confusing as far as all this old magic or whatever the fuck slimy fetus cocaine man wants to call it. Harry wavers back and forth between giving up and staying strong, successfully staving off his imperious curse. So Voldy is like, okay, cool, time to Avada Kedavra. Bad move, dude. Haven't you read this book? Harry is the boy who lives, not the boy who dies. Harry and Voldy's wands connect. Sexy. V's given out a green current of electricity and Harry's given out a red one. Concerning? They collide in the middle and gold sparks are given off. Okay, sexy again. V looks super surprised, especially the two connected lovers float out of the circle jerk. Everyone is going wild, like, oh my god, what? And then the gold spark blossoms into a dome of protection over the two. Harry starts to hear fox music and Dumblebee being like, you good, homie? Harry gets confident and while the spark starts to near his wand, he edges himself and the spark starts to go toward V's wand. V looks nervous. Then suddenly the spark collides and V comes ghosts. Or sort of ghosts. It's actually some spirit particle of all the people he killed, including Cedric, Bertha, Mr. Riddle, probably. I'm not so sure, actually, but maybe. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> and eventually Lily and James. They all get out pom-poms and start sis boo in favor of Harry. James is like, on a count of three, go get that porky. One, two... Cedric interrupts and is like, hey, also go touch my body too, Harry. Harry's like, wow, I thought you'd never ask. Three! Harry launches the golden cage dome thing into the sky. Voldy has a tantrum when all of the ghostly figures bum rush him. Harry runs for his life, touches Cedric, Asios the port key, and gets the fuck out of there, narrowly missing stunning spells. And that's what it feels like to get your COVID vaccine. <laughs> Yeah, listening to you read it, I'm like, wow, that is a fever dream. Did any of that make sense? <laughs> well, I don't know, were you trying to say that that was Frank Bryce, not... The reason why he said, maybe it's not Mr. Riddle, because it's like this old dude, and he's like, oh, that boy killed me. You go, other boy. And I'm like, okay, we were just talking about Mr. Riddle, so is that Mr. Riddle? Oh, but then okay. in the movie, it's Frank Bryce. And yeah, like, I think it is Frank Bryce. That being said, if we were to keep going with all this shit that he's pulling out, yes, Mr. Riddle would be there. Yeah. God, could it's you imagine? An, There'd be like a fucking army of yeah, seriously. ghost people. At one point, Voldemort killed an old guy. Mm -hmm. It could have been Frank Bryce. It could have been Mr. Riddle. I stand, I stand by that, that it is Frank Bryce because it goes in opposite order. Oh, yeah. So Frank would be there. So technically, actually, it would be Lillian James because he was just like a particle of air, a disembodied ghost. I heard somewhere that in some of the earlier books, it says that in the order that people came out of the wand, that James came out before Lily. What does it say in our books? I thought it was Lily, then James. It is Lily, then James. It should be. But I think that... In some versions of it, it said that it was James and Lily, and someone was like, mm, that's incorrect. So now I want to know. Yeah, I'm almost positive it is. I think it's correct in here, Because I think she's even like, Dad's coming. Something like that. Yeah, she's like, hold on for your father or something. Yeah. But yeah, so that happens. But I think that's what it is, and if I had kept going, then we would have gotten, I don't know, other bitches. Yeah. I mentioned this in the last episode, but there is a lot of inner monologue from Harry. <laughs> Yes. Of him kind of wavering between giving up and, and being like, I must persevere, I have to do this. I like how Expelliarmus is the thing that comes to mind. Well, because Voldemort is like, you've been taught how to duel, right, bitch? And Harry's like thinking back to Lockshart and that fucking catastrophe. 
But it says that the, the only thing he learned, which Snape is actually the one that taught him, is Expelliarmus. Yeah. The disarming spell. So to him, that is the only option he has, which is fair. It's not like he yeah. can do an unforgivable trick. You know what he should have been? He would be like, uh, I was taught, but it was by Lockshart. <laughs> and then Voldemort would have been like, oh, fuck. Well, this isn't very fair. You go back to Hogwarts. I'll kill you some other time. <laughs> right? That's what should have happened. Once they do connect, it's like they make the very instant connection. It's really interesting. Before they connect, though, um, I think it's fascinating how much like he plays with his food. Like I was saying yeah, earlier. Yeah, there's some crucio. Like, he's Imperio's Harry to bowing because Harry's yeah. like, I'm not bound to you. You are a fucking murderer and you don't even got a nose, so whatever. And he has no skin, basically. Right? He'd be like, mm, he grows. Um, <laughs> that's what it is. I'm not going to bother you because you're gross. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really, bitch? Boom. Harry's like, you could have done this literally an hour ago, and I wouldn't have had to sit through that. This is really rude. You kill my friend, and then you make me just sit here. Then I have to sit through a lecture. Listen to this. What if Voldemort is actually, like, the most boring speaker on the planet? Well, I mean, he and Ben's probably could go at it and see. Harry's like, oh, come on, you're not even an interesting bad guy. No, I'm just kidding. Imperio's Harry, Crucio's Harry. It's interesting because Harry does kind of hide for a second. And he's like, come out like a man. And then Harry braces himself. What else are you supposed to do as a kid? He's like, oh, you're a coward hiding. Like, oh, what else is he supposed to do? Instinctually, you're going to do the thing that feels like you could live. Well, like, yeah, flight or fight is yeah. kicking in. And, and this is so dire that I'm sure that it's a combination of both. And Which is the whole wavering thing, you know? We're not playing hide and seek, Carrie. And he's like, you cannot hide from me. Does this mean you are tired of our duel? Does this mean you would prefer me to finish you now? And then, of course, the it might even be painless. I wouldn't know. I never died. And then You Harry, came pretty close, you fucking Right, and then Harry's like, hell? Harry's like, well, you know, I'm not going to die. Crouch behind a grave, and here I am. And it's a cool parallel to what we see Harry do at the end of the series. How he, like, walks He right, literally right into walks it. into it. And here, he's ready to battle and fight and survive because that's your instinct. And why would he choose to not? And then what it is like at the end of the series. I, think I mean, I almost wonder then if him like hiding behind the grave is actually symbolism of him knowing that it's not his time to go. And therefore, almost a way of preserving himself and fighting to stay alive. Well, Because yeah. when he walks into death at the end of the series, it's literally him realizing this is what needs to happen. Right. This is the time when this Well, and happen. I don't think that... Listen, with everything he's been through up to this point, he didn't beat a fucking dragon and survive under the lake and everything else he's fucking done in the first so many books just to let Voldemort just kill him here. He's like, I'm going to go down fighting. There's no reason for him to believe believe that he would win this duel but he's not gonna just let him win what actually happens in this chapter is very similar to what happens in the second book the basilisk is there he's bleeding he's like almost blacking out and then all of a sudden the unthinkable happens. i think it's a true progression of where harry would be at this point is like this is literally how i'm going to die i'm not going to be hiding jump in with both feet and that's all i can do harry still in a situation where this is all he can do but Harry clearly knows he's about to be killed. And he's like, expel Aramis, this is my only chance. And then this magic happens. Yeah. One other thing that I did want to say before we get into that magic is when he is getting Imperioed, he does kind of David off. Like, I will not, is what he says. Mm -hmm. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, oh hi, Voldemort. It's from the room. 
So when he gets imperioed and he says that, he, that was actually taught to him by Marty Crouch Jr., which is interesting. Well, because yeah, now to he's fight in off this... the Imperium. This whole thing is interesting parallels of Barty Crouch because he's also thinking of, he knew he was facing the thing in which Moody had always warned, the unblockable Avada Kedavra curse. Voldemort was right. His mother was not here to die for him this time. He was unprotected. He's thinking of Moody, and I was like, but that's not actually Moody. Yeah. And then when <coughs> he does do it, it does block him to mm-hmm. an extent. So these wands connect. I know we're nowhere near the movie, but I think, and I have a feeling that you might disagree with me, but I feel like the way that it's written and the way it's portrayed in the movie is actually quite good because when you're reading it, it is kind of hard to visualize. Okay, there's these currents that are colliding. Mm-hmm. There's this gold spark in the middle and it's kind of like going from one end to the other of the stream of electricity. And then all of a sudden sprouts into this golden dome. I will wait to really delve into the movie when we get to that point. That being said... Um, I really have tried over the years to separate, like, as much as I can, the book and the movie, just so I can, you know, analyze them on different levels. Yes. This visualization. In this case, I honestly could not tell you what my brain was thinking when reading this, other than there was a connection between their wands and, like, how it visually comes to life. I think the movie does a fantastic job. Yeah. This is where Voldemort starts to look kind of, like, confused and almost a little scared. I think it happens a little bit more once the Golden Dome appears and once that spark goes towards his wand. It almost seems like it's something that he didn't really expect. And I, it's probably because this is a young boy. You know, he didn't teenager. expect it. I also was like, why is it so powerful? Is it their dynamic nature? Is it their twin cores? Is it the fact that he's a horcrux? I feel like this is obviously something that he has never <clears throat> encountered before. Or is it really as simple as that? This is just a teenager. Kind of playing off of things we learn here in the next couple of chapters and things we learn in the future. Dumbledore puts it down to the twin cores and I tend to follow him with that. Harry being a horcrux, this is a wand battle. This also sets everything in motion with him now being concerned about the fucking wand and the twin cores as far as Voldemort's concerned. They're literally two fathers from the same phoenix fox battling against each other and they explain that and with the wand lore that we learn a little bit more in the next couple books they will not work well against each other that's already kind of explained so i think that this truly is wand core harry being a teenager and harry being willing to like fight and hold on also makes a huge difference because the rest of the chapter he's struggling and he's but like not willing to let go but you know that it's not easy voldemort definitely wouldn't be expecting this how the fuck would he know that his wand and harry's wand share a core harry got his wand three years ago when voldemort was a fucking fetus floating around albania you know, Can the name of our first album be called <laughs> Fetus Floating Over Albania? That <laughs> really sounds like an indie band album. I mean, that's all I'm good for, though, is just naming the album. You have to do the rest of the work. Oh, cool. I have to do all the production. Well, because I'm not skilled like that, but I named the album. You're welcome. Great. So that's my personal take on it. It's the twin core. It's stated they will not work properly dueling against each other. Speaking of that Phoenix tale, we hear the Phoenix song all of a sudden. 
Which makes Fox sense. Fox is back. Because it's not, I don't think it's Fox. You could be right. It could be Fox. I think it's the phoenix tail feathers in opposing wands. It's like, that particular thing. Yeah. I think, think that that sets everything off. Or Fox to be like, I gotta go fucking figure out what's going on. I'm coming, Harry. Well, Dumbledore kind of radios into his head. You know, right. it's that COVID vaccine. He's able to pick up radio signals. Dumbledore's um, like, no, no, no. Harry's got this, Fox. He's like, it's good. fine. Fox he's is like, like I've been telling you since year one. This kid does not got this. No. So Dumbledore's like, don't you worry, honey. You're gonna be okay. Cue the music. This made me think of spirit guides. Do you know anything about the spirit guides? Uh, not really. The thought is, is that you always have spirit guides around you that are kind of helping you in your journey of life. So they could be like sending you messages or like impacting your energy when you're having thoughts of introspection and things like that. It's almost like this phoenix is his spirit guide and he's getting messages from the spirit to help provide strength in this moment is what i thought of i like that a lot there's been theories that i've seen about cats sometimes could be like a physical manifestation of a spirit guide and like when they lay on top of you and they purr they're helping you restore your energy or like sometimes if you are thinking about a specific thing and you feel like that there might be someone there they could be a spirit guide there's a whole bunch of details about it if you want to read up on it online or anything but it kind of makes sense for this instance because just like in book two where he's asking for help in this case mm-hmm. he's kind of like asking for strength and then very similarly once that spark does connect with Voldemort's wand the ghosts in quote because they're not ghosts we've actually talked about that yeah. this might have been years ago where we talked about these like manifestations of spirit are some sort of like remnant of mm-hmm. whatever is left within yeah Voldemort's I think there's wand. they're similar to what ghosts would be like or like paintings or anything like that it's a non-human manifestation of a person who was once alive yeah yeah so this is actually also why i thought it was tom riddle senior i think is that oh. it was bertha and then it was lily and harry's there and like i mentioned this in the last episode but it's all horcrux people but then again you had already talked about how it's like reverse chronological order of who the one yeah. killed that makes sense. It would have been really funny for Myrtle to come out and be like, hey, sexy. <laughs> that would have been fun. So yeah, that's what this moment made me think of. So all of these spirits, let's say, mm-hmm. come out and they are rallying around Harry. And that's when James is like, when I say go to get the port key, get up out of here, we'll hold off on Voldemort. My question about that is, can Voldemort see them or does he just see some kind of mist? Because I believe that Voldemort cannot see who they are individually. Because I feel like he'd be like, what the fuck's going on? But then I'm like thinking about how they kind of do that manifestation at the end of the series. But that's through the resurrection. Yeah, so I was going to mention something like that too. And like, so Harry's only can see them then. I wonder what this looks like from Voldemort's standpoint. Is he also just seeing all the people he killed? To me, if I were Voldemort, I'd be like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. (laughs) I tend to think that, yes, that maybe he sees something that is, like, a mist, but he doesn't actually see who it is. Like, going back to, like, the spirit guide thing, or, like, if it's somebody who has ever seen ghosts, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's possible for, like, certain people who may be more connected to that kind of stuff to see Because they all talk to Harry. They don't talk to him. Yeah, they're like, talk to the Like, Frank Price isn't like, what the fuck, you were an even uglier human than you were a fetus. Like, you know, like, none of that. (laughs) That doesn't happen. He's just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but you better win, child. That's, that's literally (laughs) what happens. No one talks to him. Yeah. Like, this is a great opportunity for you to be like, fuck you for killing me. Fuck you so hard. Like, no, they don't. They just talk to Harry. 
Cedric's like, take my body back to my parents. I can't believe I was the Triwizard Champion only to be killed. I like every word that you just said. <laughs> like, the way that you said it, the way you talked about Frank Price. I'm just curious to know what it looks like for everyone I mean, else. I think that's all very true, yeah. Yes, I think that only Harry can tell who... It is. Here's the other thing. I think maybe because Harry is hearing the words of affirmation from Dumbledore and then hearing the Phoenix's song, we don't know if Voldemort is seeing it because it's Harry that is calling upon this like positive energy and yeah. this reinforcement. I think he's getting more and more nervous or like shocked. Oh yeah, Voldemort was like, well, this was not in my fucking <laughs> yeah. agenda for today. But I <laughs> imagine that, yeah, if he could actually see that it was like Cedric and Lily and James and Bertha and that Frank, I mean, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be like, well, fuck. Yeah. You know? So I think that he's seeing something, but it's not necessarily yeah. what Harry is seeing. Maybe, and maybe it is what Harry is seeing, and they're just like, yeah, I'm not even talking to you. You killed me. Yeah. So then when James is like, okay, one, two, three, he's like, yeet! For real, Harry is suddenly like, like, oh, gotta get the hell out of here. Yeah. And then he remembers the Osseo spell, which he couldn't fucking remember earlier. <laughs> well, when push comes to shove, I guess. When he's fucking walking around in the middle of the night with his egg, he's like, I don't know spells right now. He's like, well, I know that Snape ain't gonna kill me, so I guess I, everything can, like, pour out fucking like, <laughs> the side of my brain. But if I'm about to be killed by this slimy cocaine baby... <laughs> Then I guess I better remember Akio. So, <laughs> and so he does, and he grabs Cedric, and they leave. At the very end of this chapter, and it's a small chapter, anyways. But the very end of it is very, very tense. Where he rushes back, he's kind of like dodging oh, yeah. these spells. He's injured. He knocks some Death Eaters aside. He zigzags. Yeah. Well, he's dodging stunning spells, isn't mm-hmm. he? And Voldemort during this whole thing is like, don't do anything. This is my fat battle to fight. He is such a fucking power-hungry douchebag. Yeah. No, you gotta do it. Yeah. No, you had to use his blood to come back. This is all your fault, asshole. And so, at the end of the day, Voldemort fails. Fuck, Mary kill? Ghost in quotes, people. Okay. Old man, which I think we now know as Frank Price, but I wrote down old man. Bertha uh-huh. and Lily Ann James. That's one. Oh, well, I'm going to marry Lily Ann James. Aw, that's good. I'm going to fuck Bertha. Uh-huh. She sounds like she's fun. I'm going to kill the old man. Sorry, i got to kill someone. Because he's boring. Okay, we met him at the beginning of the book, and we see that he is not the person that killed the Riddles, and he came back to the fucking town that hates him, that thinks he killed them, and leave. Yeah, get out of there. You're like sitting by yourself, being lonely, being a crotchety old bitch. You make very creepy topiaries. Right, yeah. No one likes you there. You should go somewhere else. So you deserve to die. (laughs) But my answers are the same as yours. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to kill Lillian James, actually. And I'm going to decide to fuck Frank Bryce, because I want that old musty... I mean, if you kill Lillian James, we get this series. I want that old musty booty hole. fuck out. No, Bertha sounds like a good time. Sounds like she would be peppy. And she's totally not heterosexual, so she would be down for that. I think so, too. I think she's a big old lesbian. Which she would probably be like, I'm not into you. I'm like, okay, cool. Instead of fucking, do you want to go get a cocktail and she'd be like damn straight that baby great. she also likes wine canon the first big part of the movie to me that 
kind of signifies that this is the start of this chapter. He's hiding behind the gravestone. And I talked already in the last two <clears throat> episodes ad nauseum about how he's wavering between mm-hmm. giving up and fighting. You can see it on Daniel Radcliffe's face. He kind of like does this deep breath and he like steadies himself and then walks around mm-hmm. the stone. And then that's when he's like, bow. And Peter's not doing anything. And he's like, I told you to bow, bitch. There is this little thing where he's being cruciate on the ground and there's a pause and Voldemort say some like proud bullshit. And he takes that moment to like fling a spell at him, but Voldemort knocks it aside. Mm-hmm. How it shows how he's trying his best. Yeah. But then once he like steadies himself and he's like Expelliarmus and he's like Avada Kedavra and they connect... That's where earlier I was talking about how well I think the movie does portray this kind of confusing scene. I think that the movie does a wonderful job. One thing that you had said when we were watching is you were really appreciating how Ralph Fiennes starts to look frightened like Voldemort does. The book does not focus at all on Harry. Harry never hits this moment of fear. He literally is harrying it up like he does through the whole fucking series. We're like, I guess I'm just going along with what this is. And that's literally what Daniel Radcliffe does in the movie. It's not even mentioned in the book more how Harry's observing everything, but us observing Harry is a whole different fascinating thing because it is very much the, I don't know what this is and I literally have no other options and I guess I'm just holding on to this. To that point in the book, it talks about how when the spark is nearing his wand he has to like grip it with yeah. both hands it, and you see it talks about how physically that. difficult it is for him but yeah. you never get to like get in his head or whatever about yeah. how he's feeling about it because he has no options yeah this whole fucking last part of this book is just harry being like i have zero Rolling options with the punches yeah he is so good at that actually yeah so there is that one moment where he does kind of like bring his other hand in and he grips it then the dome kind of appears yeah. it looks really cool yeah i think definitely. it looks really good in the movie there's no Phoenix song, there's no Dumbledore, but then when it does connect to Voldemort, that's when you can, like you said, kind of see him become a little bit more concerned. And then the way that it's mentioned in the book, it's almost like statue people literally like climbing out of the end of the wand. Yeah. I like how the movie does it. I do too. So here's what I don't like about how the movie does it. The focus is very scattered. The author made a point to give each of these characters something to say to Harry to be encouraging. And in the movie, it doesn't feel like that. In the movie, no. it's just like, oh, Lillian James and Cedric Hall to say something. And Frank Bryce is there. And Frank Bryce is just fucking yeah. floating there. Is Bertha Jorkins mentioned at all in nope. the movie? No. I thought that she might have been earlier at some point, like in just a very small side conversation. Oh, yeah. That's another person, probably even more important than Bagman, that uh, probably should have been in the movie in some way. I would say yes and no, because she's essential to the behind the scenes plot that brings us here. But Bagman's obviously an essential red herring to the story. But the movie just didn't give a shit about any of that, so... That is probably the biggest thing, and I guess I didn't even realize until now that Bertha Jorgens is in the movie. She's more essential into Voldemort coming back, which is sort of what this book is about. It's like him returning. I think it's also just difficult to put a character into a movie that you never actually see in the book. Her purpose at this point in the book is just not important, because we've already established everything around her, so to me it's like there's no purpose for her to even be there. You know what? It would have been nice. We've talked several times about like there being flashback moments and those being really good opportunities like I think we talked about at the end of the last book it would have been so cool to have this flashback of Lupin's life 
Mm-hmm. It would have been really cool to see a flashback of Voldemort from, like, the moment he became bloody fetus to greasy cocaine man. Right. Like, that would have been interesting. And to see Bertha Jorkins in that. Actually, I think that they do mention her at the very, very beginning. You can barely make it out when Frank Bryce is there. Okay, yeah. I think they do mention that. But then again, they never mention her again. So, like, what's even the point? Well, and it's, again, it's difficult in a movie to be like, there's this character that is important, but you're never going to see them. This series already has very important characters like that, Lily and James. But we get to kind of see them here and there because there are flashback moments there is the album the, from Hagrid and the Mirror Mirror set and yeah. all of that stuff. It's difficult for you to care or follow the story of someone who's not visually in front of you. Still, this movie fucking pisses me off in so many ways. This particular section, I think they do a good job, even though all of the encouragement is very haphazard. It's very haphazard. However, again, grading on a curve, I do think that this particular chapter in the movie mm-hmm. gets a high grade. Like, oh, absolutely. I think they do well. <clears throat> the thing that we needed that scene to do, it did, which yeah. was clarify just what the hell is happening from a visual aspect. Yeah. Even though the explanation in the movie is leaves a lot to be desired, it does get kind of explained in the movie later on. Even if you don't get that explanation, just the visual of seeing these two different lights from the wand. There's a visual there that shows the power behind each of these wizards. We needed to see all of this come together in a way that other parts of the movie just couldn't do. We didn't get our Sphinx pissed about it. We didn't get a lot of shit from this movie. Like the Yule Ball the, come, pops the, out as a big That thing. was kind of a mess, you know. Like Grace World Cup could have been better. We literally don't have characters that are just not mentioned, but this is a huge thing. Not only does it look good on screen, it helps us visualize yeah. a lot of things that were maybe hard well, to follow. at least the they got the pivotal scene correctly. Uh, so I mean, mostly, yeah. For the most part. First, we're going to give 50 to Harry because he does his thing. We're going to give 20 to Dumbledore because he radioed in and was like, hey, don't worry, baby. And then we're going to give 10 each to Cedric, Lily, James, and Bertha. Sorry, Frank Bryce, but you're boring. <laughs> And we killed you anyways and fuck Mary Kill. So, but they came back to be like, hey, you got this. Go run for that porky. And negative 50 to Voldemort because you lost again. Do you not understand at the end of each one of these books, you're going to lose. Literally Voldemort is losing to a child every time. (laughs) And he's like, well, at least he's older this time. It's less embarrassing. No, fucker. You failed to kill a one-year-old. You will always be a loser. So anyway, the next chapter we'll be reading is Veritaserum. But that's not going to be what's happening next time. Next time, we got our 100th episode extravaganza. And... I don't even know what to expect. Me so neither. neither. There might be you. some other people that you may know, or maybe you don't know. There might be... We're going to have a party. There's going to be some we're games. we're just going to record a party. I mean, there will be Harry Potter content. Don't, like, yeah. tune it out. You're going to want to listen to it. Yeah. But, like, we got Harry some Potter ideas for how to make things fun. Yeah, so tune in for that. And then also, if you are following along, make sure you read Bear Serum for the next week. <laughs> now you're giving them homework? Well, no, I mean, I don't know. Episode 101, now you have to start reading along. <laughs> we have made 100 episodes for you, now you have to do homework. That's right, we did this much for you, when are you going to hold up your end of the bargain? That's right. I am very tired. 
Yes. I'm going to go to bed. It is 10 o'clock. So before you leave, I'm going to unscrew my legs and have them soak in the tub for a little bit. Do you mind carrying my disembodied body <laughs> up to my bed? Um... Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.